Well, good morning. I'd like to welcome you back to another edition of our Anchored in the Word Morning Reflection. And uh, today we are back in Luke chapter 8, verses 16 through 21. So if you have a Bible, I'd like to invite you to take it. Let's look together. And uh, yesterday we talked about the distinctiveness of a Christian's life, the fact that we are the light of the world and how God uses that to reach into people's lives. Uh, this morning, what we're going to look at is the fact that there's no longer condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you have your Bible, let's all turn together and we're going to read verses 16 down to verse 21. Here's what it says. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covereth it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how you hear, for whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which seemeth to, which he seemeth to have. Then came to him his mother and his brethren, and could not come at him for the press. And it was told him by certain which said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to see thee. He answered and said to them, My brother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. Now let's go ahead and dig into the second part of this uh, little section here. And I want us to focus in on verse number 17. Notice what it says. It says, For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Now, that word for is very significant. I think what he's doing is he's connecting the statement, there is nothing secret that's not going to be made manifest to what he said before about the need for the light to shine brightly before other people. Well, the connection is that the reason that people's light needs to shine before others is so that ultimately they're pointed to Christ where they can be saved from their sins. And he's going to focus in, in this verse right here, on what happens to a person who does not come face to face with their sin, does not place their faith in the finished work of Christ, and ultimately is condemned. Notice what he says, nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest. There is nothing hidden that is not going to be known and come abroad. He warns us of several things. The first thing that he warns us is that the judgment of God is certain. He says there is no secret that is going to remain a secret. There is nothing that is hidden that's going to stay hidden. What is Jesus emphasizing? He's emphasizing the reality that everyone is going to stand before God. And the, the God who sees everything and who knows everything is going to take all of those things that have been done and he's going to expose them and he's going to deal with those issues. He's talking about the reality of the judgment. The second detail that I'm going to notice about this is that this is an exhaustive, an exhaustive judgment. Notice the word nothing. It's going to cover everything. That means every idle word that someone has ever spoken, every single thought that they have uh, acted on or that they have indulged, every action that they have made, every unjust thing that a person has ever done, they will be held accountable for their sin. And so this is not just the certainty of judgment, but it's the certainty of an exhaustive judgment. The third thing I'm going to mention, and this isn't really mentioned in the text, but it's certainly very biblical, and that is that this is, an, this is a judgment that is a justice that is pure. In Romans chapter 2, verse number 2, it says, We're sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. 
So when God judges a person, he's not going to excuse any of their sin. He's not going to overlook their sin. He's not going to ignore their sin. He's going to deal fully with their sin. And that's something that should be a very terrifying thing if there's no gospel. Now, there is a gospel. We're going to talk about why that's so important in just a moment. But if a person's just standing before God in their own righteousness and by their own deeds, they are in serious trouble. And the last point that I'm going to make is that no sinner who does not come through the work of Christ will be able to escape this judgment. In verse number four of Romans chapter two, it says, do you despise the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up for thyself wrath against the day of wrath and the righteous, the revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds. I think Romans chapter two is crystal clear that nobody escapes this judgment. God doesn't play favorites on that day. We all deserve to stand before him and to face this certain, exhaustive, pure justice. And the ultimate result of that is what? We've been treasuring up wrath against that day. And so that leads us to a second point, not just the warning of the passage, but the importance of the gospel. That word for at the beginning of verse 17 is critical because what it does is it connects the, or it stresses the importance of someone functioning openly as light so that people will be able to escape this terrible judgment. And there's only one place of escape. That one place of escape is the gospel. In, in John chapter 5 verse 24, it says, Verily, verily, or truly, most assuredly, I tell you, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. And the next statement is very important. And shall not come into condemnation, but has passed from death unto life. The only way that a person escapes this certain, exhaustive, pure justice is through the redemptive work of Christ. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 3. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. What the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That's what God did for us. He removed the penalty of our sin so that we would not have to face this certain exhaustive and pure justice because Jesus took the punishment in our place. There's now no condemnation. Another passage, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. He, that's Christ, hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of our sins. Or Romans 5, 1, and then 9 and 10. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. If, when we were the enemies of God, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. So, in verse number 16, he talks about the importance of lighting a candle and that light basically shining openly. So that people can, what? Be drawn to God, hear the gospel, and escape this certain, exhaustive, pure justice. They escape it through, what? The redemptive work of Christ. 
So the question that I want to answer this morning is, well, how should we respond to this? I think that the most obvious answer is, if I'm not a Christian, if I never placed my faith in the finished work of Christ, then I need to do that right now. I need to turn to God in humility, with a heart that recognizes that my sin stands between me and God, I'm unrighteous, and only Christ's work is something that can satisfy God's justice against my sin. And I turn to him and I simply, as a child trusts, I trust in the finished work of Christ. That's the most obvious response. The second is this, either I'm saved or I'm not. If I'm saved, then I need to be grateful for the freedom that I have in Christ. I'm free from condemnation. I'm free from the wrath of the law. I'm at peace with God through my Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what that should do? That should make me very, very grateful, very, very humbled. By the way, we talked about the Christian armor recently. In Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about our feet being shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I remind, and I want to remind you that when he talks about the gospel of peace, he's reminding us that the stability that we have in the Christian life is firmly rooted in the fact that we have peace with God. It may be that this morning you've had a rough start to your day. Maybe you've been battling temptation and sin already. And if you have, guess what? There are many, many other Christians that they started their day in the same place. And if that's you, I want to remind you of something. Not that I'm saying that you know that struggle with temptation doesn't matter. It does matter. But I'll tell you this. You have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to remind yourself of that. It may be that your conscience is weighed down and burdened by something that happened years and years ago. And, and from time to time, this thing gets thrown back in your face. For whatever reason, you're reminded again of your sin and your failure. And Satan uses that as an opportunity to exploit you and say, See, you're a Christian. Well, look at what you did 20 years ago. And guess what? You have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You need to remind yourself of that. The, the, the simple fact is that we stand before God and there's peace between us because of Christ's finished work. And that's what this is all about. A person who has responded correctly to the gospel is a person who has peace with God. It's a person that is going to escape that terrible and fearful judgment that we all deserve. I hope that encourages you this morning. Perhaps uh, you have a friend that you'd like to share this with. Do that. And uh, if you have any feedback, I'd love to hear that. It's great to see how the Lord is using these to encourage you each and every day. I uh, hope that you have a great rest of your day. And Lord willing, tomorrow we will be back as we continue in this series. And I hope it will be an encouragement to you. Bye now.